Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the Giants are signing wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. They signed Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Jeff Smith, and Jihad Ward is back. Justin, we're going to break it all down. How are you? Bobby, this Giants offense is going to look different this year. At least it's going to look different when you compare things to week one of, 2021, uh, of 2022 and then week one of 2023. They're adding speed. They're getting faster. The goal is to get more explosive, and at least with bringing back Slayton, uh, getting Paris Campbell, and then obviously trading for Darren Waller, uh, that's what they're doing, man. The quotes coming out of the combine, which was like Daniel Jeremiah talking to people within the Giants building and Joe Shane or whoever saying like that we need we need more speed on this offense. We want to we want to be more explosive. We need that more speed. Obviously, Darren Waller is a huge part of that. I think it's forgotten in the whole we need a wide receiver one uh, topic. You add Paris Campbell's speed. You add Darius Slayton's speed. But they also said we need guys that we can move around the field. Like we need those smart type of receivers that can move around the field. Well, Waller's someone you move around the field. Paris Campbell has that outside inside flexibility. In fact, he's uh, swapped that. Slayton's more of an outside guy, but that speed of Slayton is absolutely needed. So we're going to break it all down. First, this episode was brought to you by some special people. And we love these people and we rely on these people. Michael Nady or mm. Natty. I don't know which one it is. Natty right, Daddy. Na- Na- Natty Daddy. Let's win some games. Nick Manella, like a uh, Manella folder. And Phil uh, Suffredini. He's suffering through the Giants not having a wide receiver one. Justin, who are these people? <laughs> suffering through the Giants not having a wide receiver one. But I think that's okay for now. We're going to talk about it. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Uh, you know the drill. These are some of our favorite people in the entire world we love them so much it's a great community of giants fans uh just had a conversation about what we're going to be doing a uh, giveaway wise maybe we'll announce that on friday uh patreon.com slash talking giants they know what the giveaway is you don't know it yet how about that how about that all right justin so we'll go into paris campbell first because he's the new addition we know who darius slayton is but we want to talk about him and break him down and all that good stuff so the Giants signed paris campbell who was the second round pick for the colts in 2019 he's 25 years old the contract this contract is kind of a doozy on what exactly it is in it so basically it's a base of one year three million dollars where you have a base salary of 1.4 million dollars uh a workout bonus in there plus uh one and a half million dollar signing bonus. So at the very at the minimum, it's basically guaranteed of of three million dollars in this deal, and then it can go up to six point seven million dollars. He has a hundred thousand dollar per game bonus, which he's missed a lot of games in his career, and then bonuses for like fifty five, sixty five, seventy five catches, seven hundred, eight hundred, so on yards, four, six, eight touchdowns, and then uh, bonuses for leading the team in, in those three categories. So I actually did the math, and if he repeated the same exact season that he did last year, which was the first time he played 17 games, uh, he would have hit the uh, reception bonus. He would have led the Giants in receiving, and that would have put him at about $5 million contract. So for a guy like Paris Campbell, a $5 million one-year contract is a really good deal, Justin. Yeah, so a lot of people think, like in my brain, when this first happened, I'm thinking this is the Richie James replacement, and it kind of is. 
kind of when is. you but when you include the outside inside versatility that kind of Joe Shane's looking for, that's where Paris Campbell can kind of bring something else to the table, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the, it's a Richie James improvement with more versatility and more upside into it. Um, now there now, is some- now. Here's my only caveat, though. Like the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to most in training camp when it relates to Paris Paris Campbell, and even hearing reports out of the spring, because Paris Campbell is a better athlete. He's faster. He creates more separation. Paris Campbell is a much better football player than Richie James, and the outside and inside versatility makes him better. I'd say he's better, not much better. And especially after the catch, too. Richie James kind of just fell down. Um, kind of kind of crazy how bad Richie James was after the catch. Um, what Richie James was best at, though, was the connection that he had with the quarterbacks. Like we heard over the spring, Richie James has a good connection with Tyrod Taylor. And then when everybody and their mother started to get hurt, Richie James has a good connection with Daniel Jones. And we saw that in camp. So it wasn't even a matter of, James is this great football player, but he just has this really great connection and he's a smarter rapport, football player. Rapport with the quarterbacks. That is what I'm going to be looking for to Paris Campbell doing and creating with the quarterbacks this spring and early this summer. Yeah, and that's and that's where he's not the same player. He's not as as up to snuff as Richard James in those type of categories. Not necessarily rapport with the quarterbacks, but like the nuances of route running and and some of the stuff like identifying coverages and knowing where to sit. So he is fast though. Like he is an athlete. He's you know ran a four three one at the combine. He's six foot one. So and he he does have that outside inside versatility, Justin. Where like last year he played mostly in the slot, seventy seven percent. The year before though he played ninety one percent on the outside. The year before ninety five percent the slot, and then the his rookie year he played basically fifty fifty, but with edging to the to the outside but at the same time last year was the first time he played 17 games or even close to 17 games I mean he's missed 34 of 66 games in his career more than half of the games and he just came off of a full season so before this season he had a total of 49 games he missed 34 of them and I I people have because he had a you know a broken uh, a broken foot that was one of the injuries but there's been a lot of very much like reoccurring injuries that can happen too like mcl sprain pcl sprain uh abdomen strains like so those are the type of injuries that can be reoccurring and that is that's why he's not commanding very much money you know it's, and, and he he had a good year he had 63 catches for 623 yards not a great year part of that is the colts offense is just dreadful to watch their quarterback oh, situation truly was the worst so in the nfl like it, it, it wasn't as bad as end of 2021 Giants with Glennon and Fromm, but it's like the next level above that. So this year he played in the slot, but I don't think playing him in the slot full time is his best place either. Like he's kind of a speed guy who can win outside with, you know, with quick breaks and, and he can take the top off of a, off of a defense. I don't think he's a, plays as fast as the 43140 is. Like he's not a total burner, but he's just a really fast guy. And I think the injuries have swing out of Ohio State by the way. He was the yak king. Like he was he was him and Terry McLaurin were just nuts together. So, let me break him down as a player. In the slot, uh he's good. Like he's, you know, he's quick. He can, you know, get the ball in those short spaces and he gets yak. But he does need to improve as a route runner. Like there is, there is things, and it's uh, some of the same things that Juan Dale needs to improve. But I think Juan Dale's a little bit of a better athlete right now. But at the same time, Paris Campbell's six foot one. There's times where he will telegraph his route. The Landon Collins pick six versus the Colts was, 
Nick Foles' fault, but it was second was a clear Paris Campbell, where it was a bad, and not even just a bad, a lazy route that telegraphed it and let Landon Collins jump that and get a pick six. Um, so there's things like that where he just telegraphs his route. He can gear down too much. Um, but his route running, Justin, is better on the outside. Now, he's not going to be someone who dominates on the outside, but it is better on the outside where he's able to build up speed um, and leverage can come to you a little quicker and you're not having to think as much out there where it's like he did have that big 50-yard catch uh, on the go ball. You know, there was some sick like post-corner routes he had working on the outside in 2021. So some good stuff out there, but at the end of the day, he his route running needs a ton of growth. But I think he's going to really benefit, and this is the awesome thing about having Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, is these guys are going to see what he does well. They're going to work on to get his weaknesses better, but they're going to put him in the right situations. They're not going to play him the exact same way they use Richie James. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Some stats. That's what what we do. Uh, Bobby gives you film. I give you stats. Paris Campbell ranked 11th in the NFL in wide receiver separation, according to Next Gen, with the wide receivers of a minimum of 45 targets. Now, that separation is... At the time of a target, not necessarily, you know, just all plays in general. So Paris Campbell, 11th in the NFL in wide receiver separation, his yards per route run ranking within zero to nine yards with a minimum of 45 targets. He was 14th last year. Um, Richie James was ninth. So I foresee in a better system that Paris Campbell, you know, hopefully he plays games. Hopefully he gets enough targets. Um, hopefully he creeps his way up, maybe even to the top 10, maybe even a little bit higher than Richie James yards per route run. It's kind of, it's not even necessarily a, uh, you know, uh, it's not a volume metric. It's kind of like an efficiency metric. It's a rate metric, right? Um, quick timing routes. This is where I think he's, this is where I think Paris Campbell's going to really eat quick timing routes. I think that's going to help the giants on early downs. Uh, especially with the mentality of the Giants had towards the last quarter of the season, Bobby. Out routes. We saw him run a lot of out routes. You broke it down in your film breakdown. A lot of out routes Paris Campbell had. And then I even think deep curls on third downs as well. He's the way that he's the, the way that part. he's able to sell uh sell his routes vertically. Um and also another stat for you. Forty percent of Paris Campbell's targets came from the short center and intermediate center part of the field from this past year, and that's according to PFF. And something that was missing from this offense this past year, Bobby, was utilizing the middle of the field. They really just didn't. And even in the intermediate, like, 0 to 9 yards, you know, kind of, but especially 10 to 19 yards, you know, forget 20-plus yards, but the 10 to 19-yard mark, we really didn't utilize the middle of the field inside the hashes a lot, and especially when you compare it to other teams around the NFL, we really did not. So uh, 40% of Paris Campbell's targets came from the center part of the field, and hopefully we can utilize that more this year. Yeah, and that's putting them on slants and, and drags and stuff like that, and that's the kind of stuff where you need – there's nuances to it, but it's a lot of like let your speed shine, let you be a yak type of guy, and I think that's where he can play his best. Um, and again – the Colts' offense was totally hampered by their quarterback situation. Yeah. Like, I, I think that needs to be remembered. Like, he looked better, um, even though he had better, like, less production, that he looked better with other quarterbacks. Like, him on the outside with Carson Wentz, he looked like a better player, but just their offense was so... I'm telling you, it was it was very ugly to watch. Um, but at the same time, he needs to get better at his releases. They need to be more technical. And then his route running. Like there's some slop, there is some sloppiness in his route running for a guy who was in his fourth year. Um, 
So I, here's the thing I'm going to be the most interested by is how much do they want to play him on the outside? Or are they yeah. going to try and turn him into the slot guy? Like eventually Juan Dale is going to come back. You put a high pit, uh, you know, premium pick in Juan Dale, but this is only a one-year contract. So this could be like the take your time and get and get fully healthy Juan Dale type stuff. So um, where they use him, which eventually the answer is going to be everywhere, but there's going to be a role that he's going to have to settle into uh, for the most part as well. And now with adding Slayton back, getting Paris Campbell in here, they, in a perfect world, let's say week one, let's say week one, five out of the, let's say, let's not include Colin Johnson. Let's say Shep, Wandale, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton. Those guys are ready to rock and roll. Maybe there's, there's a draft pick in there too, right? Those guys are ready to rock and roll. I can envision, remember the early part of the season where, Kenny Galladay would play a week, then they would sit him, and then they would play somebody else, and then it would be a David Sills week, and then they would sit him. That could be maybe what we see. Like, we could see an Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton week on the outside with somebody in the slot primarily. And then the next week, we could see a Paris Campbell on the outside week with Darius Slayton, and Isaiah Hodgins is sitting on the bench. Like, do you, do, do you see, do you envision that maybe happening? Shepard is kind of the key to that because like because Shepard is also the outside inside uh, flexible type player. Yeah. Um, Shep this this regime tried to use Shep on the outside and he's fine out there. The last regime used him in both. Um, and then the year before, basically every every regime has used him in both. But I'm I'm not putting any eggs in the in the Sterling Shepard basket. So I think they're just going to move these guys all around and and have some type of rotation you know like someone's gonna have to you know establish themselves as the number one outside guy uh whether that's Hodgins or Slayton and then they're gonna they're gonna use all these guys and they and they do that in Buffalo too they do use a lot of different guys yeah man the only Darren Waller's the big wild card too how how often do they put him outside but the the thing that's on my brain with this Campbell signing and I'm getting this is more this is more fan Justin rather than like analyst Justin per se. We're bringing in another guy with major red flags with injuries. We're yeah, bringing him has to be worried about. We're bringing him onto a team that is an offense that's full of injuries, and a team that historically just has a shit ton of injuries, no matter what regime it is. Signing a guy like Paris Campbell made the Slayton signing so much more important because oh, I Slayton, t- a huge breath I took Slayton's availability. Like, you know, there was talk about Mecole Hardman. I'm, I'm not a big Mecole Hardman fan. It's like he, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know his game in and out, but it's like at some point maybe produce in Kansas City. Um, and then <laughs> DJ Shark, I think, is a better wide receiver than Slayton, but I don't think he's a better wide receiver for what the Giants need, where Shark is fast, but Slayton is a different type of play, like play speed fast. Um, Shark also and, struggles and, with injuries. And, and that's <laughs> that was going to be my thing. The biggest thing with Shark is the injuries. So Slayton's hugely needed. So I mean, we can move on to Slayton. I mean, do you have anything else on Paris Campbell that you wanted to hit on? No, I mean I, I I like the sign. It's it's the same thing as Darren Waller, except Darren no, Waller is an amazing player. He's an amazing player, but it's the same thing where there's there's no risk here. It's a one year deal. 
Um, you know, the Giants aren't paying one year $20 million for a player. They're paying a player who's going to, you know, earn around half of his contract in incentives if he does play well. Um, or just still, plays, too. Or just plays. Um, but still, you know, we're, we're looking at the depth chart, and I, I feel better. I feel much better, and I'm, and I'm really excited for what the Giants are going to be able to do next, whether it is adding somebody else in free agency, or I kind of hope that now, okay, we're going to transition to adding pieces in the draft, but there's going to come a point where you're going to carry six, six receivers going into the season on the team, six receivers, maybe seven are going to make the 53 man roster. And we're, we're getting to that point where we're getting close to that. Yeah, but they did that at the start of last year too. I mean, they had seven wide receivers on the roster at fifty-three man cutdown day. But it's like, who are you going to let go? Like, who is not? I, Colin Johnson, fine. Like, you're that's that's the one where it's I mean, like. So you the, have Slayton, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, Wandale. That's five. You add one more in the draft. That's six. If okay. you got to let Colin Johnson go, you let him go. If you got to carry seven, you carry seven. Like they yep. carried seven after fifty-three man cutdown day last year. Yeah. So. So I, I mean, I hope that they add two in the draft. Like that's my expectation. Like I want to, I want to have two wide receivers uh, that are drafted, you know, and, and they're on the team for four, maybe five years. So we'll see what they do. I'm excited. I'm excited. But there's just so many guys that are hurt, and there's so many guys with injury histories. And Paris Campbell is now being added to the list of guys who have those histories. Yeah, the the risk is not like, oh, this puts the team in huge issues going forward. The right. risk is like the, for this season because they do want to win this season. Not, uh, I don't think they are they have, you know, delusions of Super Bowl this season, but they do want to win, and winning matters, even if you you don't have a Super Bowl roster. Um, oh, wait, so I have one their, more thing. I have one more thing. I'm go sorry. For it. I'm sorry. Um, we didn't really talk about Paris Campbell a lot after the catch. He is an improvement over Richie. I think that's the biggest improvement over Richie James is just his speed and his ability after the catch. I saw this a few times in a few games that I watched. He seems to have a great feel when to turn up field, like kind of near the sideline, and he seems to have a great feel on where to go with the ball to utilize and optimize getting the most yards after the catch. So many times guys just like sprint to the sideline and leave yard and leave yak on the field, which kind of sucks. But Campbell turns up field. He changes direction. There was the, the, the speed sweep that you showed against Washington where he could have kind of just sped towards the sideline and then maybe get a few extra yards. Instead, he kind of changes direction, cuts up field, cuts towards midfield, is still continuing to go north and south, and he winds up adding like an additional 20 yards onto the play. And there was even a uh, maybe a couple plays against Tennessee, you know, where you did a you did a film breakdown where he kind of cuts up field and he does a nice job of uh, getting yards after the catch. And that's big. That's going to be big in this offense, um, in this stable, you know, in this stable offense, in this Kafka offense, Buffalo, Kansas City Mines. You know, those those offenses utilize yards after the catch well. And that's only going to help Daniel Jones. Like everything shouldn't have to be on Daniel Jones being totally perfect and guys just falling down after they catch. So after they get the catch. So speed, yak, being smart with the ball in your hands. Paris Campbell, be healthy. Darius Slayton is back. And I'll be honest, I... I'm excited that Darius Slayton is back, Justin. He got a two-year, $12 million contract. I think the guarantees are kind of tied up in the first year um, and up to $16 million in incentives. And I'm just – one, he's the first day three draft pick to re-sign with the Giants since Ahmad Bradshaw back when they didn't even have a day three in the draft. 
Um, but if you're just th- talking fourth through seventh rounders, uh, one, I'm just happy for the person himself. He proved himself. This regime left him for dead. He was on the third string. They never gave him even a chance in training camp. He was with the third string the entire time. Uh, then they, they, they were actively shopping him, trying to trade him. And when no one would trade for him, they, you know, they offered him a pay cut and he took it and he didn't have to, you know, but he took a pay cut and then started week one was a healthy scratch, inactive, not wearing a uniform for the first time in his career. Finally, they got, they got to play him and they play, they play him a few snaps. He produces, they play him more snaps and he was their wide receiver one again, led the giants in receiving for the third time in his fourth season. Quick. Trivia, who was the, the other person who led it the one of the other four years? This is receivers, not... Just receiving yards. Receiving... Oh, uh, Evan Ingram. No, Kenny Galladay last year. 2021. Wow. Really? Yeah. Slayton, Slayton missed games last year, right? Four games? Last year? Yeah, basically, he missed... He didn't play at all the first two games, really. The Dallas game, they gave him like 10 snaps, and then week 17, or week 18, that he... he you know, they rest his starters. He actually had to go on the field for one snap. Um, so Rhett led the Giants receiving for three of the last four years. So credit to him for persevering through all that. Persevering through that. And also, Julian made this comment in the chat, and I stole it for a tweet. Take, and you're taking all my responding points right now. That's what producers... All right. All right go, who, who else are we giving credit to, Justin? I'm giving credit to the Giants because I thought he was gone. I thought he was done. I'm like, yeah, Darius Slayton's not coming back. They hate him. And I literally made a video. I made like a YouTube short and I made like a a reel analyzing like Joe Shane's like Joe Shane said at the combine, oh, we need speed and separation. So then my brain goes to, well, it's like, well, why do you hate Darius Slayton? I understand he doesn't have great separation, but he's literally like the best speed option that you have on the roster right now. And like if you put Darius Slayton on any kind of random NFL team, guarantee he kind of starts there as well he's not a wide receiver one may not even be a wide receiver two but he would get playing he would get significant playing time on an, on an average nfl roster um so i really uh, it kind of boggled my mind especially during training it boggled, it boggled both of our minds through training camp and in the early part of the season why do they hate darius slayton why do they hate darius slayton is it only the separation because he has the speed that any offense kind of wants, so this is credit to the Giants, because I thought he was gone. Like I said, I thought he was done. Credit to the Giants for bringing somebody back who, he's been reliable, but unreliable in sometimes the worst of ways and in the worst of moments. But that's that's the biggest red flag with him, but he has been a reliable player for them throughout his entire tenure as a Giant so far. Yeah, I mean, one, he's just been available if with injuries. He's, you know, he missed, he's missed, he missed the first two games of his rookie year, and then he missed two games uh, in 2021 due to injury. But he is a flawed player. I am excited to have him back, but he is a flawed player. The drops are obviously the thing we point to. He's not an amazing route runner. He's a good route runner. He's actually even gotten better um, in his route running, too. Uh, ex- you know, especially this past season. But again, he led the Giants receiving three of the last four years. He had 14 20 plus yard plays in 15 games. And he had some big plays that don't count on the stat book. Off- pass interference versus the Jags. Daniel Jones, QB sneak, one yard touchdown. Offensive pass interference versus the Bears. They score on that drive on a 50 yard pass interference. Offensive pass interference versus the Ravens. The Giants have to kick a field goal instead of scoring, instead of being able to score a touchdown right after. So his speed. 
the Giants don't make the playoffs with Darius Slayton off the roster. Like, if right. they decide to be like, all right, we're going to save the one and a half mil, or if he doesn't take the pay cut and goes and signs with another team, the Giants are flat out not in the playoffs. And he responded with career highs and catch rate, career highs and yards per catch. And then when you take into factor, if you just like eliminate the games where he played like two or three snaps in the beginning of the season, he had career highs and yards per game too. So he was much needed. His big playability is definitely needed. Like his reliability matched with the big playability was a hundred percent needed on this Giants team where they needed some stability at the wide receiver room because we talked about Paris Campbell's injury history, Darren Waller's injury history, uh, Sterling Shepard, Wandell, Ro- everybody is injured on this roster except for what two receivers, Isaiah Hodgins and Daniel Bellinger, who neither one of them are fast. They're the only slow players on the offense now. You needed someone that you can rely to be on the field, who has that rapport with Daniel Jones, who has produced, has not produced like a wide receiver one, even though he's been put in that role. Um, and they that was needed, despite the fact that he drops about five to six, pa- five to seven passes a year. Yeah. One out of every 10 passes, basically. That's been like the drop rate that he's been floating around like the last three years, which is not great. Horrible. Not it's great. horrible. Not, yeah. not it's a it's a flat out horrible drop rate. Yeah. He has one of the worst drop rates of the year uh, of like on a year to year basis. If you look at the last three years, he might be number one in that. I think he might even be number one. Yeah. But um but 14 so. 20 plus yard receptions. No other Giants receiver had three this past year. No other Giants skill position player had three 20 plus yard uh receptions. And Bobby, this is what I really want to get to. I finally feel like with the depth that we're at, that we're hopefully going to continue to add this offseason, now kind of looking towards the draft, I really think this will be the year that Darius Slayton gets back to kind of that 2019 form where hopefully there is finally a freaking offense that will take more deep shots on a consistent basis. This is what they're doing. They're adding speed. They're adding Waller. They're adding Paris Campbell. So hopefully Darius Slayton is now in a spot where he is not going to be the number one target getter. Honestly, hopefully that's Darren Waller, the number one target getter on this offense. Yes, Darren Waller is so huge for this offense if he stays. like Him staying healthy is the number one factor on how good this offense can be outside of Daniel Jones. Right. But Darius Slayton, if everybody's kind of there, if Campbell's kind of on the outside inside versatility, if uh, Darren Waller's doing what he needs to do, Darius Slayton can maybe return back to that big play slay 2019 form where even if the catch rate's a little lower, his average depth of target is higher, more 20 plus yard plays, more production, more fun. And how many times did he create big plays with David Sills and Marcus Johnson on the field? Like having other weapons helps everybody. It helps everybody. Having Paris Campbell helps Darius Slayton. Having Darren Waller helps Darius Slayton a ton, a ton. And having Darius Slayton helps Darren Waller too. Yeah. Like if Darren Waller is your only like really deep threat, well, it's 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 not as easy. But if you have Darius Slayton, it just ma- it makes his life easier. It makes it makes everybody's life easier. So. I am very happy that he's back. It's a reasonable contract. Um, in fact, it came in in less than what I thought he would end up getting. There's reports that the Falcons offered a little bit more, but I I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, I've learned that I'm no I'm no, I I said after the TJ Edwards stuff, I'm no longer believing free agency rumor reports. Um, however, I mean that prediction that you had, incredible. 
Oh, I had like a 15 second like while I was drinking my coffee this morning where I was like, really don't want to lose Darius Slayton, but it's going to be an awesome quote tweet when I got the Nick Gates and the Darius Slayton uh, moves to the correct. Falcons. And then I was like, like that's only going to feel good for 15 seconds, and then you're going to be mad that you were signing another, we're <laughs> yeah. signing injury prone DJ Shark. Yeah, yeah, Shark, yeah, for sure, Shark. Yeah, you, you've said that twice now. It's okay. I, I, I let you go with it. I keep I type it out too, and then I'm like, oh, his name is not Shark. I would DJ know it Shark. if his name was Shark. Yeah, that'd be a lot more funnier. I I think I would actually want him to be a giant just to see Shark on the back of a giant jersey. That actually, that would be I would get that jersey. <laughs> Um, I mean, other, th- and here's another thing is he is a, like, I, I just like Darius Slayton as a person. I kind of want to get him on the pod now that he's resigned. He's a funny dude. I, I actually reached out to his agency after 2019. Didn't really get anything back. Now, now that we got a little more pull than we yeah. did in 2019, maybe we'll, we'll try and get Darius Slayton on the pod. We have a PR guy that can do that. Yeah. But I don't like doing stuff, interviews. I know. A PR guy, I know. I because then they just treat it like any old any old interview. Hey, I have an idea. The that Giants. Won't, that won't be any old interview. The Giants. You're going to ignore my idea. I don't feel like telling everyone that idea because if it doesn't I know because it's not it's not official. Can uh, can you talk about something first? I was going to say the Giants signed Jihad Ward, but before we talk about Jihad Ward, today's episode is brought to you by the Tropical Hockey League. Let's get tropical. The Tropical That's Hockey League is a professional roller hockey league where all of the teams will be owned by their fans. What? Those aren't questions. Those are statements. Located along the Gulf Coast of Florida, the THL, short for the Tropical Hockey League, is the first of its kind league of entirely fan-owned teams seeking to make the game of inline hockey faster, like the Giants offense got today, more free-flowing like license plates guys hair and exciting like Darren Waller highlights the THL will provide affordable accessible fun for people of all ages so my nephew William who's like a month and a half old he can go have fun and you can become an owner today by investing investors possibly maybe you, you. oh got that's, that wrong that's right by investing in a team you can become an owner and have a vote in the way your team is run check out their WeFunder page today and become a part of sports history uh, the link will be in our uh, by or the link will be in our description for the podcast. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm rooting for the Daytona Anglers. I'm angling for the Anglers. Mm. Justin, Jihad Ward's back. Hottie's back. Uh, flip the middle finger. Hi, can't see Bobby because I'm talking. Middle uh, Jihad Ward. Oh, so we got to do the the. We need to... Alright, you do double bird now. Alright, so we need to get a photo collage of Jihad Ward doing the double bird, Eli Manning doing the double bird, and us doing the double bird. And then me. Oh, you can see it now. I'm putting it away. Um. So, obviously, we don't know the contract details on this. I, we retired the phrase, assuming it's the minimum, after 2021 free agency. <laughs> we were Devontae giving... Booker, assume it's the minimum. Austin Johnson. Uh, 
So he's a good run defender. Like that's we all know. Like we we watched Jahad Ward for a full season. He is a good run defender. Um, and he's obviously a huge presence in the locker room. Wink Martindale loves him. You know, Wink Martindale said, as long as I have a job, Jihad Ward has a job, which is just gives Jihad Ward the best leverage of all time in any contract negotiations. What's up with uh, that? So I, I, we talked about it in our upcoming free agent episode. Like, I, I wanted Jihad Ward back, at least on the minimum or close to the minimum. But with this, Justin... A need that's not brought up as much is the Giants need a third rusher who has some pa- a pass rush ability because Jihad Ward has none. And Aziz Ojolari with, you know, his injury uh, issues that popped up time and time and time and time again last year. We kind of need someone else out there who can rush the passer because the Giants, when Aziz Ojolari was out, out, was out of the lineup, you had Kayvon Thibodeau, who was streaky as a rookie. And you had nobody else on the edge that could rush the passer. Like Jihad Ward gives you zero pass rush ability. Oshain Zimenez gives you zero pass rush ability. They they kind that's a I think that's an underrated need for the Giants. Yeah, I agree. You know, in the second year of Joe Shane, Brian Dable, um there are some positions that they kind of dire you know, it's they're of dire need and they just need bodies and, and stuff like that. But then there are some positions that they're kind of looking around out and the edge seems to be like one of those positions that if we round it out, we can have a really nice little unit here if we do it right. Yeah, and and and, and you just want a third. You want a nice rotation too. Like you know, let Jihad Ward be in there for some running situations and other situations. Like it's it's nice to have a that's a good position to have a rotation at, like keeping guys fresh. So, um, I I don't have ton of, on Jihad Ward. I wish he'd unblock everybody on Twitter. Like I I think there's like there's this thing. It's called like nuke block or something like that i've seen someone i follow like bring it up before and i think you can just like block everyone who liked one tweet and he must have done that i think he but then he blocked us on instagram too so it's like he oh. he's went out of his way a little bit to block. i, I honestly think and you know what i don't mind when athletes do this first of all i think jihad ward's a psychopath like i and i'm not saying that like football wise Football, and you know, maybe even in real life too. He's like flying around with. Yeah, but those, we love uh, psychopaths. We're a culture we, of violence. We do. We are. Uh, we are. We are a culture of violence. He's a violent football player. Like he kind of plays it violent, and he celebrates very like with violence. Um. So I I don't blame athletes when they go out of their way to block like a lot of content people because that's what Jihad Ward did. Like anybody with some sort of semblance of following is it even but people random that don't people too though and don't and not ran and some random people too. Um. He's gone out of his way to block certain people, and I don't mind that. Maybe he just doesn't want to see what people have to say, which, fine. I kind of get that. I mean, I did that with a content person. I was just like, I'm not blocking you because I was like, I'm just so tired of seeing your shit. I'm blocking <laughs> you. Yeah. And I'm tired of you seeing my stuff, too. Um, wonder who that is. It's Alex Wilson. Oh, Jeff, okay. The Giants signed, speaking of generic names... Jeff Smith. Mm. Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith. They signed a wide receiver from the Jets. Six foot one, 195 pounds, 25 years old. He's a he's a fast player for another four three speed guy. All right. Um he was a former quarterback at, at Boston College before moving to wide receiver. He's been mostly a gunner for the Jets, and, and he actually even caught a pass uh when they ran a fake punt week two versus the Jets as from that gunner spot. Uh and then he'll get some wide receiver snaps here and there. He lines up on the outside. Um, obviously has that speed, so he averages like 18 yards per catch. But again, he's getting like eight catches a year. 
Jeff special, Smith. Special, special teams. Yeah, if you don't know anything about a guy, just say special teams. But I actually talked to Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets, if you don't remember him. Wow. And and he said he's a special teams guy. He caught a touchdown versus the Giants in preseason. Can you name the closest defender to him when he scored that touchdown? Sugar. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's a safety. Trenton Thompson. Oh, you got it. It was Trenton Thompson. Bang. Not great in coverage, but he, but fun player. I think he's on a Futures, right? Is Trenton Thompson I think, on I think he's around. Hey, another special teams guy with plus upside. He was just like a seventh-year senior, so it was like hard to get excited about his game. It's like, well, you should be good by now in San Diego State. Mm. Teammate of Daniel Bellinger. Let's see. Jeff Smith. Um, Renato. Do you know Renato? Renato Rodriguez. He sent me a text message about uh, Jeff Thompson. Smith. Yeah, Trent Thompson's on the team. He's on um, the let's see. Everyone loves Jeff Smith. Our guy, um, um, Joe Roselle. He 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 knows him, and he t- he t- he sent me a text about him. He's like really good dude. Um, also, now that Isaiah Hodgins kind of broke out, we get to compare every single guy who has like eight catches per year to Isaiah Hodgins. Hmm. This coaching staff's gonna get the most out of him. That's for sure. That's for sure. What was the what was the uh, he was from Alabama on the Bills. He was like Ruben on the Foster, practice or not? Ruben Foster, Ramon? Uh, no, not Ruben Foster. It it's was Ruben. Um, Ruben Foster. No, Ruben Robert, Foster. Robert. Robert. Robert Foster. Foster. Yeah, Robert, Robert Foster. Fo- this, this Jeff Smith signing has Robert Foster vibes. Yeah, because that was a – so this was the third signing they made in free agency, but the Robert Foster was the first one they made last year. So we're like, who's this guy? Oh. And, and it's like, oh, he's kind of a camp body. So Jeff Smith will be a camp body battling to get on the roster through special teams. And hopefully he's never playing wide receiver because if he's playing wide receiver, that means the wide receiver room – has all the fears that we talked about earlier with injuries being banged up have come to pass. Um, who's a, who's Jeff Smith's uh, best friend on the team going to be? Lawrence Cager did catch a pass right before him. Um, He's 25. I think. I think him and Cam Brown are going to be tight. Like, oh, we're special teams guys. But guys hang out with the position they play at the end of the day. Like they Special you, teams? You yeah, but. It's you, a position. You're in a position room. I'm going to say. I think him and Paris Campbell will kind of get along pretty well. All right, the two new guys. Yeah, two new guys, same age. D- t- Jeff Smith from New York. He, hey, Paris Campbell, this is where you got. I, I know where to go. This is where you got to go. What do you think he- about Julian Love? Probably not coming back. Ah, um, we'll do a full analysis on this whenever he does sign somewhere. But I need like, to see what he signs for. Yeah, if he signs for cheap, if he signs for cheap somewhere else, I'll be disappointed. But that was we. We said it on the the Eagles recap loss pod from the playoffs. I was like, that might be my unpopular let walk because he is a he's kind of the jack of all trades, master of none type safety who you need those type of players, but you don't need to pay them premium money. What happened from like they were you, they they was there was a thought that they were going to get a deal done during the buy. Did which that that's kind of an L. They should have done it. Um, no, the, the, but Julian Love, they were. I'm talking about the. There was reporting saying like that. Basically, they're gonna get almost. They made it seem like there's gonna be a bye week deal done. Julian Love, uh, the client, you know, I guess t- turned it down. Obviously, oh, he turned it down. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, like they negotiated and they, and he turned down what their offer was. But what happened from preseason where like everybody needs Julian Love's? Did he just like get well, Julian Love better? played himself into a bigger contract? Okay, played him. He got better, but he didn't get that. Well, he played much in better. a he played in a full time role. Yeah, and was and and he had some good moments. He was a captain. You know, well, we, knew, more, we knew we knew he snaps. would be in a full time role, though. Like we knew that for the season. We yeah, were but like, until oh. you see a guy play and and play well in that full time yeah. role, and there was there was low moments for him too, more towards the end of the year. But there was also some really hot, uh, good moments, and he was he did he was a little bit of the glue of the defense for a little while too. Um, that was there. Also, Saquon turning down a twelve and a half mil or thirteen million dollar year contract. Is certifiably insane. With some, we knew this was going to happen with the running back contracts, and you and you can't compare it to like Jamal Williams. He got a bunch of one yard touchdowns. He doesn't have the pedigree. He's old, you know. He's older, but it's like you knew. Like Miles Sanders barely got it. Like Miles Sanders has been very productive and is younger than Saquon Barkley. Uh, obviously, playing behind you know much better offensive line, um, but but he doesn't have the. I don't know. The but only like, position that's getting paid right now is D line. D line. That's it. I, we I can't that, believe we thought that. Uh, we thought that like Jacoby Myers would get freaking paid. He didn't get paid. He got paid nothing. The only team that we thought might be willing to pay Saquon Barkley was the Bears, and they gave um, uh, Deontay Foreman one year, three million dollars. Do you know that? Do you uh, reportedly? Do you know what team? The team that was also Giants. in, but that no, that was that was Aaron Wilson, and we have a talking Giants rule that we cannot use Aaron Wilson as reporting because mm. he's literally burned us too many times. Anybody with the last name Wilson, basically. Is there any Wilsons that we like? Wilson, Russell Wilson, no, mm, no. He was going to be he was going to be the Giants quarterback at one point. It is crazy how like. How much Russell Wilson fell off. There's a YouTube video of, of us talking about will Russell Wilson be the Giants quarterback. Yeah. I, I can't we... believe he fell off so hard. <laughs> Sean Payton. Um, yeah, I did not foresee the running back market being this bad. I kind of did. I didn't foresee the wide receiver market being this bad. I, like, the wide receiver market, I didn't I didn't expect this right. to be this low. What is Richie James going to get? Like, could Richie James come back on a $2 million I, contract? I want that. I want him back. Let's make it a party. It might make sense if it's $2 million a year, you know? I thought um, he would but, get, like, four. And I was but, dumb. Yeah, but now it's like, I don't, I don't, if, you know, Paris Campbell probably has Stupid more, idiot. More, like, you know, more market value than him. But I guess you could argue both ways on that. We need to make the show more like this. I feel very relaxed right now. I'm drunk. Dropping, dropping jokes, calling myself a stupid idiot. But like, like, do you think the Giants are almost like, yeah, we're pulling that offer? I guarantee you that Joe Shane is hoping that he just like for like, I don't know. They should have know. never given him that offer to begin with. No, they, they should have just franchise tagged him. We knew this was going to happen. Even if you didn't see the the well, running back contracts being like this, you knew. You knew. That it wasn't going to be like you knew that Saquon Barkley was not going to go out and get the contract that he wanted, unless the Bears, unless the Bears, and even then that was just like 
people being like, yeah, the Bears are kind of dumb. Then they have money. They'll do it. Mm. There was no like dot connect. There was no real dot connecting there. And they have Khalil Herbert, who has been very productive for them, too. Where's David Montgomery in all this? Uh, he signed with the Lions. Ooh. I think three little... years, $12 million. Goodbye, Jamal up. Williams. Um, The Lions? David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre, they don't like DeAndre Swift at all. Tough. Tough. They kind of hate DeAndre. So they don't want to play him. Mm. What was I going to say? I just ate some chapstick. Let's just end this bad. episode. It was bad. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back most likely Tuesday unless there is big news, which I'd be shocked if there's any big news at this point. So, yeah. Can I tell you what I've been doing in the in the title descriptions recently? Um, I tried to do I didn't do it for the Darren Waller episode because it was kind of shorter. And also, how many different topics do we talk about in a Darren Waller episode? But what I've been doing is I've been putting like I, and I try and do this at the end. Remember, I asked you like an Odell question last week. Like, do you think Odell's going to come back? And you said no. And it was like a five second conversation. I did put Odell in like the title the title description part of the podcast. So what people did is they jumped to that part of the podcast where it said Odell 44 minutes and they heard me ask the question, they heard you say no and then you ended the show. So my goal is for the end of every podcast, I'm going I'm giving away the secrets. I'm going to but put you don't something want people doing that though. I'm going to I'm going to make people listen to the end or click on that description so they can jump to the end to see what happened or what we said. And I think the final one that I'm going to put is just an eight chapstick. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. We uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back. Enjoy your weekend. I'm sure we'll have some new players, some lesser known guys. We'll have film breakdowns out on them. Check them out. All the ones that are out now. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>